to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, hey, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spastiano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, so far it hasn't been a good day. I got home from work. I opened a letter. It's from the federal government. I had petitioned them to make National Hooker Day a federal holiday, and they, they denied it. I don't get it. I wonder why. I wonder why, Benny. You know, I'm, I'm an idea guy. Like, this is going to go the way of the... Uh, the uh, polygraph cell phone or the ravioli flavored edible underwear. Like I, I you stop, you stop, knock it off. You know, we, 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 we usually start our intros. uh, We always throw a shout out to our sponsor. We have an interesting uh, guest with us tonight, Benny, in all the years that Jimmy Valiant's been running the BWC. We are joined tonight by the only man who's ever been thrown off the BWC property. Benny, why don't you tell everybody who's got us? We well, you know, I mean, to, for a man of this caliber, I had to do a little bit extra research, and I thought, what, what is what is this man? He's superb. So I went on thesaurus.com, and there are uh, 42 synonyms, synonyms, easy for me to say, of the word superb. There's admirable. There is marvelous. There is splendid. There is exquisite. Th- this man is exquisite. I mean, it, 42 is not enough. This man is like 42 to the 42nd power. So I am humbled to be in the presence of the one and only Jimmy Blaylock. Jimmy, welcome to Dan and Benny in the ring. All right. Thank you very much. I'm guys. Hollywood, Jimmy Blaylock, by the way, you get to Hollywood. I'm sorry. Hollywood, Jimmy Blaylock. All right. But uh, yeah, you got, you know, I I would thank you for calling me. Thank you for having me. Yes, I did get thrown off of Jimmy Vane's property up there. I can't believe it. I drove up there. You know, they offered me to be honorary member or some sort. You know, I'm a, you know, I've been, I've had 78 national television appearances, 78. I've been on the Conan branch. I'm the only wrestling manager in the world. that has been on 78 different TV shows. I'm talking about talk shows. I'm talking about the late night with Conan O'Brien show. I'm talking about the Wayne Brady show. I'm talking about the Tom Green show on Tim MTV. I'm talking about crook and chase live from Nashville network. I'm talking about a whole lot of shows, but I go up there and what happens? I get on the show. Jimmy Vance, get first. He calls me up in the ring. He goes, they call me up in the ring. Oh, brother, we, here's your uh, honorary member. And they hand me a piece of paper. I said, wait a minute, <laughs> you're going to tell me I drove up here for God knows how many hours, what, 12, 15 hours, and you guys going to hand me a piece of paper? Y'all should have got a trophy, you should got a plaque, you got something else, but what does Jimmy Vang do? Give me a piece of paper. So I went off on everybody in the crowd, and you know why he had the audacity to? He called the security out on me and had me thrown off the property. Can you believe that? Unreal. How you gonna go? You gonna yeah. go into the man's house and and insult him in his in his own home? What do what? Yeah, well, that hey, he deserves it. What do you mean? I go up there, I drive that far, I deserve better than that. Don't you think so? 
If I came up here, I can't. Where, where do you live at? Uh, Virginia. Oh, for, oh, God. No wonder you're miserable. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. No wonder you're miserable. There's a lot. There's a lot of wrestling history that's come out of Norfolk. We're proud of our wrestling history here. Well, give me a break. Come on. You know, the Mid-South area where I'm from is where the wrestling was born and raised, baby. Not up there in Virginia. Memphis, Tennessee, up here in my area is where the wrestling was born. Not your area. Who have you had? We've had everybody down here. Who have you had in Virginia? You bunch of Virginia rednecks. Come on. You've got to be kidding me. Gosh. Ugh. Jimmy, I apologize. I mean, you know, you got to put up with some of this stuff. I, I really do apologize. Oh, no. How do you put up with him? It, you know, it, it takes some work. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know, I can't believe it. Okay, now I'm on the show. Yeah, I got, I, first of all, Jimmy, they, they, the whole Valiant family is like the Lawler family, the Dundee family. I don't like none of them. I'll just tell you like it is. Hey, it's the only way to be. It's the only way. Only way. If if one of us can uh, can get back to business here, we want to start. Obviously, Jimmy, we uh, <clears throat> we love to start every interview with the same question uh, because we get a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. And obviously, you're very passionate about where you're from. So I'm going to ask, um, when did you when did the wrestling bug bite you? When did you first become a fan? And when did you de- evolve from I'm going to be a fan to I'm going to get I'm um, wrestling is going to be a profession. All right. Let me tell you what I, I used to go. My dad used to watch wrestling back a long time ago. He used to watch Memphis wrestling. It was on WMC TV. It was the best wrestling is the only wrestling that was the greatest old school wrestling ever. And if you got, you know, they, you can go online and watch clips from Memphis wrestling, uh, WMC TV. That's the best wrestling. That was the only wrestling. It was live. You never know what was going to happen. It was live. And I loved it. Anyway, that's how I got started. My dad loved wrestling. He took me to the Mid-South Coliseum. And then I just got, I started loving it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to meet you know, some of these folks. You know what I mean? I want to meet some of these folks. But I didn't know how to get into wrestling. But I was like, how can I get into wrestling? How can I get into wrestling? So I, so I was sitting up here, and I started thinking, wait a minute. You know, I don't know much about wrestling, but I know, first of all, there's never been a wrestling mascot ever. In the history of professional wrestling, there's never been a wrestling mascot. So I wrote into the Jerry Lawler show and told Jerry Lawler, I said, Jerry Lawler, I want to be the first wrestling mascot ever for wrestling. Well, guess what? He calls me up. Hey, uh, Jimmy, come on up here to WMC TV. We'll put you on television. We'll let you do the Jerry Lawler show. And then we'll let you do, you know, you could come up here on Monday nights. And matter of fact, we'll do something cool. So I went up there. And that was back when Eddie Gilbert was there. That's back when it was good, man. That's back when Lawler actually Lawler got ran over in the in the studio the day I was up there. Uh, it was a lot of things going on. That's when Wolfman Jack was there. That's when Leon Spinks was at the Coliseum. But anyway, to make a long story short, I went up there and it went over big time. At Bundy, we had the Bundy Family Fun section at the Mid South Coliseum. We was on the Jerry Lawler show with him several times, and then we went to, to the Mid-South Coliseum, and we signed as many autographs as Lawler and Jerry and all the rest of them. We had a blast. It was so much fun, and that's how I actually got into it. And then I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to do no mascot. I want to do something else. So then I started thinking. A guy told me, he said, man, you need, you need, you know, uh, 
my dad passed away in 1991 and a guy came up to me. He's come on out here and manage me. So I went out there and managed him and my dad, he just cheered me up. Matter of fact, it was against Jimmy Vane. It was Kenny Vane. Let's just Kenny Vane against Jimmy Vane. It was uh, in uh, Fulton, Mississippi. And I got over there and I, I went out and uh, did it and he liked it. And even, you know, everybody said, Oh my God, you need to become a wrestling manager. So, I just became one and I started working around and I worked with Tracy Smothers, working with Don Bass and all those guys helped me out. Tracy Smothers was a big inspiration. He was great. He was, he helped me out a lot. Don Bass, the same way outlaw Don Bass, a legend in this business. He helped me out and they told me what I was doing wrong. They told me what I was doing right. And if it wasn't for all the legends, I just got into it, man. I just got in and I dug right into it and I started going from show to show, but those guys actually helped me out. You know, I've met a lot of people over the years, but they helped me out. And, and then the guy come and told me, he says, you need to come up with something. So I came up with Hollywood, Jimmy Blaylock, because I started being on all the TV shows, the Conan O'Brien show. And then I used that and I went out there and say, look at this. And I got the proof and I put it, we had a big monitor out there. I said, you see that? There's I am up there on the Conan O'Brien show. You understand? You treat me like a star when I'm here. And then it just whoop, went off from there. Jimmy, I have to agree with you as far as, and I've said it many times in this podcast. Um, I, I grew up in New York. I was a fan of WWWF, and but I've said many, many times that if I could have done it all over again as a wrestling fan, I absolutely would have loved to have grown up in Memphis because how do you beat number one watching the TV show with Lance Russell, and number two then every Monday night at the Mid South Coliseum? That was to me that was the best ever. And so the, my question is, it, it sounds like you kind of did this all on your own, really, with a, without a, a lot of formal training, which is unbelievable. And uh, But now, were there any, and there's been so many great managers in the history of wrestling, be, besides you, I mean, you're the best, but I mean, besides you, w did anybody influence your style? Yes. The, the, my favorite manager of all time, he was the greatest manager of all time in my book, and that was Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. No argument. He was so great. A lot of people don't, they, they see Jimmy Hart, you know, on the WWE now, and they come out there and do their WWF, whatever. They come out there and they do the, you know, they do the special appearances. But need people need to go back and look what Jimmy Hart did in Memphis. Jimmy Hart was fantastic. He was a dirty, low-down snake, and I loved every minute of it. Matter of fact, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to go cheer on Jimmy Hart. People would get mad at me because I cheer him on. Cause I loved him so much, but I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be like, Oh my God, this guy's so great. He's so energetic. He's so like a little rabbit out there. He, he cheats to win. He does everything that I, I just loved him. I thought he was great. Matter of fact, let me tell you this little story. I never told, I don't tell too many people this, but I was at the Mid-South Mid Coliseum and I was in line at the Mid-South Coliseum and I was in line and I got over there and I got over and I said, you know, um, and there was a bunch of fans around, and I was a fan, too. This is before I even got involved in wrestling. But I got over, and I said, you know what? I'll tell you one thing. I hope it was Jimmy Hart going against Jerry Lawler that night. I hope Jimmy Hart beats Jerry Lawler's brains in. I can't stand Jerry Lawler. And people was getting mad at me. And I was in line. I said, I hate Jerry Lawler. I hope Jimmy Hart beats his brains out tonight. And this is no lie. <laughs> and somebody looks at me. I was at the box office. Why don't you tell that to her? And I looked at us and said, what do you mean? Tell that to her. That's Jerry Lawler's mother. 
I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I don't know if I can say that. So I was like, oh no. Oh my gosh. It was actually his mother. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, dang it. <laughs> that was very, very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> but Jerry Lawler's mama worked at the Mid South Coliseum. And uh, I was a I didn't know that was her until I looked at her. I looked in her eyes. I'm like, oh, dang, that is her because it looks just like Jerry Lawler. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But anyway, that was that. But Jerry, Jimmy Hart is one of the greatest, no doubt, in my book. You know, it's really funny because he came to the WWF, I think it was about 84 or 85. And that's when I first saw him because I, at that point I hadn't watched Memphis wrestling and they kind of made him into a, I mean, he was already kind of a cartoon character, but I think they really downplayed how, how rotten and sneaky he was. And they made him more of a, a, a cartoonish type guy. But, you know, now that I've been watching a lot of the old Memphis stuff, he really was like devious and they never really portrayed him as that. Yes. You're absolutely right. It was, it was, it's like when you, they took a lot of the people from Memphis and they went to the WWE and the uh, WWF back then. It was just, they ruined them. I mean, you know, for instance, dirty white boy, one of the greatest wrestlers. I love Tony Anthony. He was great in Memphis. Then they went up there and done him as, what is he put him as a plumber? Come on. I was like, what the heck? What the, what was that all about? They ruined it. And they had so many people that, just like you said, they would be so great in Memphis, but then they go to there and they just kill it. And they would just ruin it. And like you said, Jimmy Hart was nothing like he was, you know, Memphis, Memphis, he was better. But then the WWE just, oh man, it's like a cartoon. It's like a cartoon wrestling. It wasn't real. Did he actually beat Jerry Lawler for the Southern title at one point? I think he did. I think he did. I think he did. I think he did. I think you're right. And, uh, but, you know, and, 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 and Jimmy Hart, you know, I, I talk to him on a regular basis, but I really like him. He's a great guy and he's one of the best, uh, wrestling managers. Now, how they think he lives down in Florida. Where are you, where are you at? Florida? He, I'm, I'm outside of Tampa. I think he's in Daytona beach. He's not that. Yeah. Far I think away. he moved from Daytona beach. I think he moved there. He moved from there. He's somewhere okay. else. Yeah. They, uh, they he used to live in Tampa Daytona for a while because I was going to this place called, uh, Hogan's beach, Tampa. And he kind of managed it for Hulk. And every time I was there, he was there. And I mean, Talk about a great guy. Really, really super nice yeah. guy. Very, very humble. And, uh, yeah, I always enjoy chatting with him. But let me ask you a question. So if the Jimmy Blaylock of 2022 could go back in time and confront Jerry Lawler's mother back on that day, what would you say now? What would I say now, but not back Lawler's then? Lawler's mother, yeah. When you... Hmm. I'd probably say, you know what, I hate your son. I hate everything about him. And I hope Jimmy Hart beats the crap. I will look at it right now. Now, but you know, back then I was like, "Oh my God!" I was young, and I was, I was like, "Oh dang, that's his mother." <laughs> but now it'd be a totally, totally different story, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't care. <laughs> Hollywood just don't care. They don't care about people's feelings. Heck with that. They get over it. <laughs> they get over it. Exactly. Exactly right. You to uh, leave that poor woman alone. Hey, come she on, had, man. She what had you had coming to her? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, come on. She, raised, she, raised, she raised, raised Jerry Lawler. I'm sure she'd uh, have no problem slapping around a young Jimmy Blaylock. <laughs> she didn't raise him right. Look at him. He turned out rotten. Hey, Lawler. Turned around raised the king. That's all. Oh, jeez. The king. There you go. King of Memphis, baby. And that's Elvis Presley. And he's dead. If Elvis would have stayed in Tupelo, he'd still been alive. They had to go to Memphis. All these people up there fed him drugs. 
That's exactly what happened. That's right. Elvis True is from Tupelo. That's exactly right. Tupelo, baby. Tupelo, that's where Elvis was. Elvis would have stayed here. He's been alive today. But you know, he had to go to that stinking town of Memphis, Tennessee. And what happens up there? He got oh, corrupted. Goodness. Exactly. The corrupted, nasty town. Oh, I hate it. What happened, Benny? I, I thought we were interviewing uh, Jimmy Blaylock. It sounds like we're talking to Andy Kaufman right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my hero. What are you talking about? I love Andy Kaufman. And I never heard Genius. somebody cut a promo on Memphis like that before. <laughs> that guy sold a lot of tickets in Memphis, though. You're right. Absolutely. He one of the best, man. That was genius. Genius. I loved it. I know it, Andy Kaufman. I liked Andy Kaufman before he went to wrestling. I, he used to be I on Saturday Night Live. I bet he did it for nothing, too. I bet he didn't even take a paycheck. I'll say he didn't either. He didn't give a hell. As tight one as Jared Lawler was, I guarantee he didn't get much money. <laughs> you know, it, it, we've talked on the show before. As big a star as he was and as much as he loved wrestling, he would have been welcomed into any territory in the country, and he picked Memphis, if that tells you how, how what he thought of, of the Memphis scene at the time. Yeah, Memphis was the biggest thing going. I mean, everybody wanted to come to Memphis. I mean, Memphis was the stomping ground, the the the, the beginning of uh, everybody's career. It was crazy, man. I mean, it was it. Everybody's came through Memphis. Even The Rock came through Memphis. He started out in Memphis. He was living flex, with her with downtown Bruno. Right? Yep, absolutely. Flex Cabana. He was living with downtown Bruno. Another good manager from Memphis, Tennessee. Yep. Hmm. Well, now that we've established you're uh, you're not above yelling at nice old ladies and and worshiping the uh, <laughs> cheer, cheer cheering for the villain, uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, if I could ask you to expand a little bit, so you're going to get involved in wrestling. You got your your start. Put us in that that first conversation. Like you're you're just getting your start in wrestling. How, how does that come about? Well, you know, uh, you know, I, I actually started out on the road, like I said, and uh, I went from town to town, from city to city. Then we started working in this town in Dyersburg, Tennessee, and we worked up there for like five years. We was on television, and that's where I met the Tracy Smothers. That's where I met the Dunbasses. I was actually thrown out there. You know, I really didn't know much about managing, but once I worked with the legends, if you just screw up, you're going to find out what you did wrong. Well, back then, you you piss them off you're gonna have to pay the consequences so you know it is what it is but back then you learned the hard way all these people now just hop in it oh i'm a, I'm a wrestling manager just or a wrestler you can't do that back then back then it was it was if you made a mistake or if you you know screwed up they're going to get all over you now it's a different world they can get by with anything now and nobody does anything about it hell you watch the big boys now so these guys on television and don't even hit each other. It makes me mad. I'm watching wrestling and I'm up there. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Who talked to, who talked to them? Where did, they didn't go back to the wrestling school. I mean, it's just ridiculous, but you know, but back then, uh, you, you laid it in, made it look, you made it look great. Blind, blind squirrels and all, I guess I'm, uh, going to agree with you on this one. Cause there's a lot of talent. And I use that term extremely loosely wrestlers today that are self-professed self-taught. These are, are your literal backyard teenagers pretending to be wrestler that happened to get booked somewhere and never actually learned what they were doing outside of what they were playing with their friends in the backyard. Totally agree with you. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and you can see that when they're on the television, you can see that 
it's just terrible, terrible. But it's just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you watch it and you're like, oh my God, and what the crap. I, I don't even watch wrestling hardly. You know? I, do, I do like AEW, some of it, not all of it. Some of it I do, but uh, WWE, I haven't watched it in a while, but I heard it's getting better, but I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, I just uh, don't care for it like I used to. AEW been in the news the last few days for uh, their their champion's opinion on fake wrestling, that's for sure. True, true. But, so, uh, Jimmy, you know, it's a uh... go ahead. Yeah. So um, I watched several of the uh, Hollywood Jimmy Blaylock uh, show star co-starring Conan O'Brien uh, from 1996 through 2001. How, how did that evolve? Well, we was actually on uh, the, the a local affiliate and uh, we was showing the hottest products for Halloween. And then we went to the Nashville uh, Music City Tonight. You remember that? It was live. It was live on the air. And it was the uh, host, Crook and Chase, uh, that used to host that show. And then we, we went to Nashville. And we, we went up there a few years. And then the producer from the Conan O'Brien show, Frank Smalley, saw me on the uh, that show. And then he says, hey, man. Uh, would you be willing to come up to New York and uh, do it on the Conan O'Brien show? And they call me up, and I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> Let me think about that. So, yeah, I had to think, yeah, exactly. So I went up there to, to meet Conan, and uh, we, we went backstage, and we did rehearsal. And, man, we just hit it off. It was, you know, they wanted somebody a little bit more hyper, you know, so we did gave them that, and, but it was, uh, it was, uh, we just did it off real well. And he was a really fun guy to be around. And we kind of bounced off each other real well. It was, um, uh, one of the, fun, one of the greatest moments of my, uh, TV career being with Conan O'Brien. I love Conan O'Brien. He was one of the nicest guys you've ever met in your life. He used to come to my dressing room and bring his guitar and he used to play his guitar and sing to me. He was kind of funny, but he's a great guy. You you guys look like you you legitimately enjoyed like working with each other. We did. We we had fun and uh, and we didn't know. A lot of times uh, we would go out there and we would just uh, ad lib a lot of stuff. Even though the rehearsal, we just kind of he knew what products was coming, but we actually didn't know what we were going to say. And of course, I told Conan a lot of crazy things on the air, and we did a lot of stuff. And I don't know how much I can get by with on. I don't want to say too much on this like for instance we got on the air and uh we had this 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 thing the spider looking thing and you squeeze it and it's candy that comes out of the ass so we told conan said, look it's ass conan look it's ass conan you know i don't know how strong you can get on your show but you know that's how we did it you, you can it was, it was a lot, but it was uh you know we we had a lot of fun with that and, and you know i'm like who and conan got he said i can't believe he came on my show and told me to lick its ass <laughs> you'll never be on my show again course we'd be on the show the next year and the next year and the next year we had a lot of fun with that what what other shows did you appear on uh jimmy besides that well we did the tom green show that was a god nightmare experience we did that on mtv and it was actually ryan seacrest who was on there but uh ryan seacrest was actually saved the segment uh which i was glad he was there because tom green was so odd and so weird he just didn't know how to handle me but uh the, actually the ryan seacrest to save the whole segment uh, on that and then we went to the steve harvey show and uh the steve harvey big time show uh they used to have on wp and me and him hit it off it was a lot of fun matter of fact we was out for the rehearsal and uh it was 
Steve Harvey and his producers out in the audience. And they were, uh, when I walked out, uh, I said, Hey, Steve, I said, remember, I met you on the Conan O'Brien show. He said, I knew it. I knew, I knew you, I knew it. And he got up and said, I don't know rehearsal with him, no rehearsal with him. And so we went out there and just did it without rehearsal. He didn't know what was coming. And the segment was supposed to lasted like nine to 10 minutes. And then it lasted tw- over 20 minutes. He was having so much fun with it. So they had to edit it, but uh, we had a blast. And Steve Harvey was my, one of my favorite people to work with. Great guy. So fun to be around. And, uh, but you know, and, uh, then we went to the Wayne Brady show. We went to, we've done a several things and then we went off track and, even went to the, uh, oh my God, we did so, so many shows. <laughs> we did a lot of crazy shows. And we did America's Funny Some Videos also. That was way before any of the Conan O'Brien shows. But that was with Bob Saget. It was kind of fun. We actually uh, won the co-host contest. And we went out there and Bob Saget actually picked out the uh, video. And uh, we went from there. And um, Conan, uh, him, excuse me, Bob Saget said, the reason I picked your video, we had a production meeting. And he says, the Bob Saget said, the reason I picked your video to co-host with me, you're the only one that didn't suck up to me. <laughs> I was putting him down through the entire video. Nice. He liked that. And he said, it's between you and a naked woman and we in the showers, but we couldn't show that on television. So we had to bring you. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so so was, was, was Tom Green legit strange? Because I, yeah, I he's strange. was a shooter or work. That's uh, he really. Yeah, that yeah, it was strange, man. He was strange. Even before I, even when I was driving to the airport, they got over us telling me horror stories about Tom Green. Man, he's almost getting thrown off the air, off of MTV. And the, even the guy who picked me up at the airport, this is going to be, you know, it, it, matter of fact, he was telling me about the deal where MTV had the music awards, video awards on, and they put video awards at the bottom of the Tom Green's show. And he didn't like it because it was too big. So the next show he went on there, he started putting all kinds of crazy graphics all over his show and the entire show the only thing you could see is tom green's eyes and mtv got pissed so he was telling me some things you know behind the scenes about tom green but it was just odd it was crazy so but uh, it was it was an odd it was an odd situation you know kind of odd but it was uh you know it was uh, like i said ron seacrest was a guest but he actually saved the show I have a very vague memory of, of Tom Green watching him on TV, and he was singing. I had drink had too many adult beverages that night, and uh, I just remember him singing a song about sausages. And that's I, I wasn't. Even, I think I might even dream that. I don't know. <laughs> well, I wouldn't doubt it. There's no telling. I know. I know. He used to suck on cow's nipples and everything. So he's a crazy guy. <laughs> Awful. Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't dream that, Benny. I know no. exactly what bit you're <laughs> talking I feel about, but thank you. <laughs> the 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 less we talk about Tom Green, the better. So yes. let's move on. Um, I, I'm curious, Jimmy. Uh, you, you talked, you said said something that stuck out when you were talking about your time with with Conan. That it was a lot of improv. It was a lot of, uh, you know, for lack of a better description, you guys kind of played it from the hip. A lot of good wrestling promos come from maybe one or two notes in your mind and then you just you as they say call it in the ring you 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 know it's it's it, it's the non-scripted nature that really adds the fire and that's something that's hurt the business a lot with scripted promos i'm wondering what's the if you if you wouldn't mind expanding a little bit the difference between the mindset of an improv joke versus an improv promo well, first of all, I just want to say you're 100% correct on that. 
100% correct. As a matter of fact, Jimmy Hart was telling me, we just got on the subject of what you just talked about, about them scripting everything. And it was, it was you know, Mythos, you go out there and they give you a couple of things to talk about, but you, you do it in your own words instead of being scripted. But Jimmy Hart got over telling me he's went to WWE, and he was saying uh, he goes backstage, and, and they want him to read from the cue card. And he's like, you know, I can't, this is not me. And he even tells them, he says, this ain't Jimmy Hart talking. This is, you know, you telling me what to say. But you're 100% correct. It's a lot better when it's ad-libbed. It's a lot better when they just give you points to tell you what to say instead of scripting because it's so bad. That's why I hate wrestling today. It's because everything, people go out there and it's like they almost forget their lines. They're, oh, you know, they just go right into everything they, they read off of a paper. and 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 it's terrible. It's terrible. And and you know you're absolutely right. It's just I hate that. It's it's, it's it, I think that's what killed wrestling today. You know things like that. Scripted, <laughs> scripted. I'd rather be give me a give me a point to what to talk about, and that's what we're going to talk about. Or we're going to we're also what we you know the, the the whoever the promoter is. That's what we're going to push. Well, I'll admit we do do a little bit of scripting on this show. I have to. Uh script some of what Benny says, or we would have been canceled a long time ago. The FCC would have closed this down, right? (laughs) Is that true? I've never even been to that part of Florida, and just knowing Benny, I'm already banned from two strip clubs, a couple of brothels, and a Hooters. (laughs) Oh, the male strip clubs are are closed, or they won't let you go in there now? Stop. What? I'm just asking. So Jimmy, like speaking of that, let's talk about EPW for a minute. You're you're a regular um, at yeah. EPW. EPW and, and wrestling in Boonville, Mississippi. Th- there's something about Boonville. That I, that matter of fact, EPW wrestling, Mississippi's longest running weekly show. I, I, there's something I remember. The Have you ever seen the movie Dirty Harry? When uh, yes. when when Harry Callahan says, um, "I in the all in all the excitement, I don't know if I fired five shots or six. So the question you got to ask yourself is, do you feel lucky? Now, the guy on the other end of the gun, he said, I gots to know. So here's something I gots to know. Uh, as far as the women in Boonville, uh, there was a rumor that you could not find a 10 in Boonville. But I, I, I also heard that if you take eight women at a 1.25, that's a 10. Is that true? That's true. That's true. They got some ugly women in Boonville. I'm going to tell you that right now. And, got, and also, I don't know if you've ever seen the show APW Wrestling. You go to APW uh, Wrestling. Uh, dot, uh, ms.com you can go there and look at the videos there but let me tell you something i got this guy named joey gross he sits beside me and uh and now i now i know sometimes how you guys feel you know i, I hate joey he's this guy weighs about 480 pounds he can't he can't <laughs> he's in front of me right now by the way we're doing some voiceovers Is he a he's looking at me like he, he starts eating when it gets light out like one of those guys yeah he eats all the time he's eating now my god he eats all the time but it's ridiculous. But I had to put up with him. But I had to put up with the smell of a Boonville, Mississippi. Then I had to put up with this promoter named Neil Taylor. He's an idiot too. I can't stand Neil Taylor. He's an idiot. He's he's a promoter of EPW. Oh, him and Joey Gross—they get on my damn nerves. Well, you know, back in the day uh, in the, the WWF when they they imported, they had Baron Von Raschke come in from uh, Minnesota, and uh, every mm-hmm. time he gave the claw hold to somebody, they put a big red X. On the TV, so you couldn't see. I guess that the guy was getting color. Um, why do they do that? When I watch EPW, they put red X's over the women's heads. <laughs> we no. 
<laughs> be be nice. I have I have to know these things. Jimmy's the man to tell me this. Oh, no, I don't know. They got now some of their women now look pretty good out here now. I have to tell you. You know, they got Diana Taylor, you know, I can't put her down. She looks hot. She's hot for TV. You know, even though we don't see eye to eye on everything, but she's she's pretty hot for TV. And then they got, uh, you know, got Genesis and his woman out there. I don't know if you've seen her, the goddess. You got to check her out if you haven't. But they have some really good talent up there at APW uh, in, in wrestling. But uh, a lot of good talent. I, I, was talking, and, uh, I was talking more about the crowd, though, actually. Yeah, well, I was talking about, the, I'm talking about the women. Oh, talking about the one. Well, let me tell you something. You, The reason they put the X's on the women in the crowds is because they want people throwing up. Let's watch from home. I mean, there's some ugly women in Boozle. <laughs> I'm talking about, and there's some fat women. They're so fat that they have to go through a car wash to take a shower. I mean, you know, I mean, they got, it's like Joey, my guy, the guy who sits next to me. I mean, I just, he's got a stitch comes out of him. First of all, he's, he takes up three seats next to me and he, he gets, he gets on my nerves so bad, but you got to go there and just watch your Joey. You got to watch him. Joey, you want to say something real quick? Joey, you, am I telling you the truth? What you feel? Every minute. Yes, sir. Am I telling you say something? Hollywood is a fat, pinky, snob, the buffet panty. That's why I don't go to Vegas no more. Give me this. I hate. This is why I never give nobody my phone because of this idiot. Golly, are you still I, there? I heard that. I, I heard they're so fat that when they go outside to get the mail, the police tell them to break it up. <laughs> exactly. That is absolutely true. But you know, that's just I have to put up with so much going to Boomble, and it's oh my god, the stench, the smell. Terrific. Joe, but you know, like, at least the people at least the people get out of the tra- at least the, at least the people get out of the trailer park. Give them something to do. Hey man, their money's good, right? Absolutely. Dog all right. I sell my picture for fifty bucks a piece. They can afford it, they can buy it. You, you two are killing me. Come on, guys. But but if we can uh, direct the conversation back to a real wrestling town, I was hoping to ask you about your your presence in uh, when you were champion wrestling from Memphis. Uh, you had a studio show. Yes, yeah, we do work up there with Dustin Star Memphis Wrestling. You know, you can watch Memphis Wrestling up there, Memphis. Uh, check it out, and they go on YouTube, and they go they're on the the. A bunch of TV show networks here, and um, I think they're going to get on Fight TV. They might be already on it. I don't know, but I know there's on CW30 up in Memphis and Jackson, Tennessee, and several places. But uh, yeah, we're up there with the, the. We used to have the Hollywood Horror Show, but you know what? I, I got I got tired of dealing with crazy people because I don't know if you've seen videos or not, but they're crazy. So now I got the Hollywood Click, baby. The best thing going in professional wrestling today, and I've got Van Vicious. Well, my God. Uh, you know all the all this the women the the women's favorite wrestler Van Vicious he's great man we got Van Vicious and we also have Diana Taylor you know going with us we got so many people up there and you know what you never know who's going to join us you never know we got uh, uh, Colton Cage so you know you just uh, and we have and it's just growing and growing and growing on Mythos Wrestling the Hollywood Click's taking over Mythos Wrestling. Well, you were talking, if you don't mind, uh, expanding a little bit, how did that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, how did the new promotion evolve and what was your role in it? Well, uh, they called me up and, you know, he said, uh, you know, they wanted the greatest manager in the world today. So I came up there to Memphis wrestling oh, and, so they, uh, you know, they, they were calling you to see if you had Jimmy Hart's phone number. Is that what you're saying? Hey, 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 Jimmy Hart, there you go. There you, you try to be funny. I swear I slapped the taste out of your mouth if you was near me right now. 
You understand? Right, that's the reason I hate people. Yeah, you have the perfect face for radio, you idiot. <laughs> but let me tell you something right now. I went up there, the greatest manager, independent wrestler in the world today. I went up there. Matter of fact, you can go, you know, I went up there and I took over. We got the Hollywood click running strong, running all over everybody. We, we hate Derek King. You know Derek King, don't you? Yeah, ex Memphis wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's up there now. You know, yeah, he's up there now. And, uh, but you got, you got to, you got to check it out, man. There's so much stuff going on in Memphis wrestling, but they do have a lot of talent coming in and out, you know, in Memphis wrestling. And, uh, but you got to check it out. They have a lot of people coming up there too. A lot of stars coming in and out. So is Derek King in the click or not? No, well, he actually, uh, he, he ran as a big fat mouth, but he is our, he's, he actually is, he does it what I tell him to do. We need uh, we need somebody to to go get our water. We get Derek King to go get our water. We need somebody to open the ropes or or get over and uh, go get me something to eat. He'll go get me something to eat. That's what he does. He's a, he does what I tell him to do. Derek King does. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, he almost messed the, the match up with. Uh, I watched uh, Van Vicious versus. Uh, is his name Trace Lee Hunt? Yeah, Trace Lee Hunt. Oh, that's does another he, one I can't. Does say. he have a brother named Mike? I don't know, but I know Trace Lee Hunt's an idiot. Stop. <laughs> the American he- they I call him American here, hero. The Amer- they call him the American hero. American zero. No, true Amer- the true American hero. Well, I call him an American zero. He's there. He's always talking about he's in the army. The only army he's ever been in the Salvation Army. I can't stand the guy. You know what the best hero is, Jimmy? It's got ham, cheese, and salami. That's a good hero, right? Well, I don't know. I don't eat that. I'm a I'm a vegetarian. I bet your friend back yeah. there. I bet you they could. He appreciates a good hero. I bet. I bet you. Oh yeah, Joey could eat about five of them in a row. He's so fat. Him and like him a, and Neil Taylor. Like a wood chipper, right? Just like one at a time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. <laughs> so Jimmy, but, let me ask uh, you a no. question. Like, has your style of managing? Because you know, obviously, wrestling in 2022 is not what it was in 1985 as far as, you know, the in-ring style. Now it's a bunch of high spots pretty much as opposed to really, you know, telling a story in the ring. Has your style had to evolve uh, to keep up with the, you know, the changing times of wrestling? Nope. I'm old school. Always will be. That's why that's that's I've been hired out for God, all these uh, last few years. I, I get booked everywhere, you know, but, um, you know, I'm just old school. That's how I've always been. I always will be. But, um, you know, I'm an old school manager, you see, and you love to hate. You know, but, one, uh, one of the things we've talked about on the show before is that, you know, we talk about differences between, you know, watching wrestling in the 70s or 80s and watching wrestling now. And one of the biggest disparities, and especially like me growing up in New York in the 70s, you know, we had uh, Freddie Blassie, the Grand Wizard, Lou Albano, even before that, Bobby Davis, you know, Mr. Fuji, Bobby Heenan. And besides Paul Heyman, there really isn't any managers in WWE. Like, that's something that really I think is, it would hugely enhance the quality of the product. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree with you. I think they ought to have an old school manager up there by the name of Hollywood Jimmy Blaylock. Maybe their ratings will go up. God, I mean, God bless. Some of that stuff they put on the air is ridiculous. I'll go out there and tell it like it is. I don't care. But uh, no, it just, you know, it's sad to say, but it really doesn't exist up there. And it's sad, but uh, Paul Heyman, I love him. He's great, man. He can talk. He's, 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 uh, he can, he can, I just love his, uh, Mike spills, man. He's great. 
but uh, just like you said, there's not hardly anybody up there, you know, uh, there's like that, you know, and I, and I do wish it was, you know, cause I think it'd bring a lot to the uh, wrestling. Absolutely. One of the best parts of a wrestling match back in the day was, you know, watching the, the heel manager cheat. I mean, I, that was, that was integral to the product. I've never cheated. So I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I was talking about other. I wasn't talking about you, Jimmy. Okay, other. Okay, <laughs> like Jimmy Hart. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, those other guys. Yeah, yeah the other. Yeah, team. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Guys, you know, I've never cheated. I, 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 I said the ringside. You, you, you guide your charge there, right? Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just telling my guys what to do, and I'm, you know, I never, I have never once interfered in a match in my entire career ever. I've never. I just seen don't you. believe in any of your matches. Absolutely. You can put it up there, Hollywood Jimmy, and it comes up, but I never cheat. I've never oh. cheated. Some of that stuff is Photoshop, where it shows me choking people with caves well, and all that, what? but it's all Photoshop. And I was ready for that. I, I knew you were going to say that because I remember back in the day, uh, they uh, watching ABC's Wide World of Sports, and uh, they had Muhammad Ali uh, inter- being interviewed by Cow- Howard Cosell. And, uh, yeah, that was great. And, and uh, you know, they show, Howard showed a, a low blow. Uh, that you know, Ali hit Frazier in the in the, in the nuts, I guess. And uh, Ali just looked at him, and he and he, all he said was, "Your film was at the wrong angle." <laughs> and uh, that's what that's when it comes to you. That's the same thing. They just said the film at the wrong angle, right? Absolutely, if film's at the wrong angle, or you know, it's got, or you got these uh, photographers uh, around, and they get over and they they Photoshop it. Right. They try to make me look bad for no reason, and they try to make me look fat in these pictures. I'm not fat. You know, like, I mean, I, I weigh, I weigh one hundred ninety six pounds. You are svelte, and I—that's the right word. Exactly. And I, and and they try to make me look big in these pictures. I don't understand it, but I'm I'm always in you know got a great physique, always. But when you, Jimmy, when you're great, there's always people gunning for you. You know that. Absolutely. The more popular you get, the the you know it's crazy. You're at the top of but, the mountain. Everybody else is trying to knock you off. Always, always. And that's what we're going to do. You know, we're the Memphis Wrestling, APW. We go around. We've been, oh, my God, we've been everywhere. We, we've been up in Virginia up there at some wrestling shows. I, I think it was, uh, oh, my God, who was that? It was uh, some of Jimmy Vance folks up there. They was running shows. Uh, God, Bruiser Graham, I believe. Uh, you remember Bruiser Graham? But anyway, we used to do shows up there in Virginia for him. And, uh, but, but no, it uh, We've been to Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, just about everywhere. But we enjoy around here. I like, you know, I like not going too far, especially EPW. You know, it's right here. And then we Memphis Wrestling, you know, not too far away. But uh, I enjoy going to those uh, right here locally. You know, it's not too far away. I enjoy it. So is it true, Jimmy, that uh, I think Neil Diamond back in the day, he came out, came out with a song called Kentucky Woman, which was a big hit. Now, he initially wanted to name it Boonesville Woman. But he he figured that like it would probably sell about twenty seven copies and none of them outside Boonville. Is that true? <laughs> absolutely true. Okay. It's terrible up there, man. It's terrible. I, I, I'm I telling to know you. That too. Thank you for that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's like you know what the women. You know, you you've seen Joey. You know who announces for APW, right? But Joey, if you put a wig on Joey, that's what the women looks like at Boonville. It's pretty bad. It's really bad. You know, many of it's the women really there, unfortunately, many of the women, unfortunately, they're hooked up to a machine to keep themselves alive. It's called a refrigerator. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> I you, like that. You, I'm going to use that. Hey, man, <laughs> yeah, cut, it it's out. All yours. cut it out, Benny. 
Cut it out. Uh, hey, he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. He's speaking the truth. Truth you know, hurts. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you sit here and you, and you want to say that that it's it's all fake and it, and it's it's photoshopped and I mean it, you can't find a, a a picture of you be do you winning a match clean. I've seen clear pictures what? of Bigfoot. What? You are kidding me. Who? My gosh. Oh, I hate your stinking guts. Don't make me drive to Virginia tonight. What? What is it? I, I got to know. You, you got Blaylock. You got Hart. You got Cornette. What is it? What is it with with Jimmy ma- managers named Jimmy that that are always uh, quick quick behind the refs back? What is this? I don't know what you're talking about. We're the uh, most Christian people they are in the business today. Right. Well, then, if we can uh, uh, keep the the honesty afloat here, you you obviously talked about your home territory and your travels. Do you have anywhere outside of of say, for lack of a better description, your home territory that you absolutely love working in? Well, not, uh, you know, a bit of Texas, Temple, Texas, over in Texas. I like working in Texas, but uh, but I like working right here. But another thing, too, this is the hotbed of wrestling all over here. But you got so many people coming in this area to work because, it's uh, you know, it's on television, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, heck, I like being right here at uh, my, home, my home area. You know what I'm talking about? In, in, in the Memphis area, in the Boonville area, and, you know, it's just a lot of fun being right here doing it. And I don't care about traveling everywhere unless I get paid a whole lot of money. So, Jimmy, I have a this is going to be a very difficult question for you because you have to exclude yourself, which I know is going to be like near impossible. But who do you if you had to come up with a Mount Rushmore of wrestling managers, who, who would be on that? On the on the on wrestling managers or, or wrestling people? No, wrestling managers. Uh, Jimmy Hart for sure. Um, Paul Heyman. Um, let me think. I have to give it up to Downtown Bruno, man. He was great back in the great day. Great manager. A great manager. Jimmy Kent, who gets no recognition. Go look him up. Jimmy Kent. Jimmy Kent and the Bounty Hunters, one of the greatest managers on Memphis Wrestling. When was who got that? no credit at all. Timeline, Jimmy. When was that about? That was probably the 70s. Okay. But Jimmy Kent was one of the best. Go back and look at the videos from the 70s. There's Jimmy Kent and the Bounty Hunters. This guy was good, man. He was great. And uh, let's see. Uh, golly, he, uh, I'm trying to think who else. I think it wasn't and, Oliver course, Humperdinck in Memphis for of a course little bit. He, you can't. You got to. You got. Got one more to put out there, and that's Jerry Lawler's manager, Sam Bass, one of the best, okay. one of the greatest, one of the best. You got to go check him out too. He wrestled. Did he wrestle in Knoxville back in the day? I think. Yeah, probably did. Sam Bass was one of the. He was one of the best man. He didn't say much, but he didn't have to. I don't. I don't think he talked much. But he was just good, man. He was—he looked like a snake. <laughs> he was—he was so over. Him and Lawler were the best, absolutely best. Well, let me ask you something. You said that your style, when when Benny asked, you said your style didn't have to evolve, hasn't evolved to match the the current evolution of pro wrestling. Looking back at some past managers, I mean, obviously you mentioned some greats. Um, when I you, you think about like. Benny talked about with Bobby Heenan and I mentioned Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman uh, I mean, being active. Are there any of the old school managers uh, that you think would still succeed in the, in the professional wrestling today? Or do you think it's evolved where some of the modern fans wouldn't get it or wouldn't 
want to see it. I think I, I think they would get it if they give them a chance. But they don't give none of them a chance. They don't give no old school manager a chance. When, when do they give any any old managers a chance? They really don't. I mean, you know, like you said, when they when uh, Jimmy Hart went to WWE, they made him look like a cartoon. It was just they didn't give him uh, they didn't give him free range to do what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? Mm. And and, and there, it never happened. No, Jimmy, I mean, he was Jimmy so Hart much better in this. Jimmy Hart and the WWE were two entirely different guys, and a Jimmy Hart hundred percent a million times better. A hundred, yeah, exactly. A hundred times better in Memphis. He was so much better in Memphis than he was in WWE. And people didn't see that. People didn't see what we grew up watching. He was one of the greatest, man. He had, he, he dressed different. He had, the, he had the style. He had, the, he could talk. But once he got up there, it was just like you said, exactly what you said, a cartoon character. Yeah, you know, it's funny. They did a, a documentary back in the 90s about, uh, Andy Kaufman's time in Memphis and it was more of you know uh, uh, one of the bits they they covered was his for lack of a better term feud which turned out to be a huge <laughs> setup obviously with Jimmy Hart where he brought Lawler in you know uh, all I need you to do is keep Hart's guys off my back so that I can get my hands on him and I remember the reaction that a lot of people, because all they knew was WWF and, and Hogan and the crazy jackets. And they didn't even know that, that Jimmy Hart was not, not only was that he was that diabolical, but that he was even that physically active where he was getting it, jumping on people's backs and putting his, <laughs> you know, putting his hands on it. It was the first time a lot of the WWF fans had seen how dark that Memphis Jimmy Hart was. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Hart was like a little jackrabbit out there, man. He would hop up in the ring like a jackrabbit. He hit him with the cane, run off. Hit him with the cane, run back off. He was great. He was one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you know, I mean, and no lie, I took a lot of things. I took a, I looked at him, and I take a lot of things you see. I do is, uh, you know, I copied from him. No lie, I'm gonna sit there and lie about it because he's one of the best and one of the greatest. But he was my, uh, you know, he was one of my idols. He was one of my favorite managers of all time the very very best it still is today i think I he's a, what, jimmy his, hart's one of the greatest greatest jimmy hart's one of the nicest guys you've ever met in your life absolutely Period. his interaction with lance russell was like priceless oh my god that was priceless man that was priceless you know uh and lance russell was one of the greatest announcers Amen. ever Yes. In the history of professional wrestling if you haven't watched lance russell go back and look at the lance russell interviews fantastic people who couldn't even get over Lance Russell got him over on the mic because he was so good. He was one of the best, one of the greatest, uh, but uh, go back and watch it to him and Dave Brown. But uh, Lance was the, you know, the better one. Lance was the best period. Well, then if we're talking about managers, the transition, I know he's not uh your clear your opinions of him clearly notwithstanding um one of the the things that bwc does is it's not just wrestlers they teach referees management and, and they've had some good talent come in and out of there and i'm wondering if you have any advice for anybody listening to the show that would contemplate entering professional wrestling as a manager what advice would you give somebody wanting to come into the business to manage well go out and find the best manager and get them to train you 
don't just hop up there and don't know what you're doing. Because there's so many bad managers that I've worked with in the past. I've had it out with a few for real, man. For real. I get at the ringside and I've had it out with them. Because they were so bad. I hate going out there with a baby manager. There's a lot of times they put a baby manager in a corner. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, it's just terrible. But I have had, you know, there's so many people that goes to the ring. And you know what's another thing I hate? I hate the wrestlers bringing their wives. Oh, that just irritates me more than anything. They bring in their wives, and they don't even know what to do. They go to the ringside, they don't even know what the hell is going on. I can't stand that. But, you know, if I've had it out with that, uh, them type of people, too. Don't go to the ring unless you've been trained or you don't know what you're doing because, you know, you're liable to get hurt, especially from the old school guys. They don't mess around. They don't play with that mess. Go out there and make them look like a fool. You make everybody look like a fool. You know what I mean? Can't do that. But there's just so many I don't know, man. Go out there and get trained. Go out there and, and, and go to a school. Go to a wrestling school. Go to your manager in your hometown that you like or that's actually good and talk to them about it. Maybe they'll help you out. But just don't go out there and act like you know what you're doing and put yourself in the center of something you can't come out of. You'll probably get hurt, especially in the South. You know, Jimmy, just the thought, but you said get trained by the best. Is that something maybe you would do in the future? Probably, uh, you know, if it, uh, I've helped out a few people in the past, you know, I've helped out a lot of some of the guys around here and helped them out managing and told them what they were doing wrong. And they listen, I, I try to t- teach them, uh, uh, don't do this, you know, do this better, you know, you know, but it was, uh, uh, you know, I don't mind giving young guys, they got to have, they got to have a direction to go. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, I had Tracy Smothers help me. I've had Don Bass help me. And thank God those guys helped me to, 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 to be better. Uh, in the ring and uh, and then be outside the ring when uh, they, and, and my mic spills even so they were always always there for me you know the and they were some of the biggest names you know and but i always remember them too because they actually helped me out the most nice well then i guess my question is uh if someone wants to get training you said to get training from the best are they getting trained from the best or are they getting trained by Jimmy Blaylock? Cause I don't think that can happen at the same time. Ooh. <laughs> Golly. Oh wow. my God. How do you put it with him? <laughs> how do you put up? How do you put up with him? Jimmy, you're like, I mean, if I had a partner like that, I, well, you know what you're doing? Do what? I said, you're like, you're like Reggie, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson always said, it ain't easy being me. That's gotta be your, your like mantra. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is. It's, it's not easy being me because I'm I'm so good at what I do. Right, exactly. I'm so good at what at I do. We, at least I mean, we get it. You know, Dan doesn't get it, but we get it. Yeah, he don't get. He don't get. It. He's he's in Virginia. What does he get? He don't know what he's going. He don't even know what's going on. He's an idiot. Mm. You want to you want to talk that smack? I said before we're we're very proud of our wrestling history here in Norfolk. Oh my God! What have you got to be proud of? You always talk about you're proud of Virginia. What if, what is Virginia? What what are you proud of? Tell me. Right now, what are you proud of in Virginia? Some of the greatest moments in, in the NWA, mid, uh, Mid-South, the Crockett's, all happened here in Norfolk in the Scope, oh, the Coliseum. Name some names. Flair, Steamboat, Dusty Rhodes. Memphis was better. They always came, every one of them came through Memphis. Every one of them came to Memphis because they begged to be, try, to be at a better promotion. So they went to Memphis. But they didn't stay. They didn't stay up there. They came to Memphis because Memphis was the best. They didn't have, Virginia didn't do nothing for them. Well, they, yeah, but the they came to Memphis. They came to Memphis. They came to Memphis. Then they made a name for themselves after they left Memphis. 
Huge difference, though, between uh, the Crockett's and the Jarrett's is when they performed here in Norfolk, the Crockett's actually paid them. Oh, well, <laughs> can't argue with you on this. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one's beyond re- reproach. Yeah, I'll, go to I can't I'll tell you what, though, if anybody that. wants to watch, uh, Ric Flair uh, came down to Memphis, I guess it was the early 80s, and he was interviewed by uh, Lance Russell, and Jerry Lawler came out. And the two of them, I mean, Lawler was, uh, Flair was going to wrestle a prelim guy, and so was Lawler. Lawler canceled his match and somehow talked Flair into wrestling him uh, for the, but 10 minutes for the world title. And it's, it's I think, a three or four, four part segment on YouTube, but it is some of the best TV I have ever seen. And it was right there in Memphis in the studio. Absolutely. You <laughs> everything that happened in uh, everything that happened in Memphis was some of the greatest things that ever happened in wrestling. Period. I'm they, absolutely they, right. The Tupelo Concession Brawl. How about that? Oh, because yeah, Tupelo Concession Brawl was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that was one of the best. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. But surely, if you're a wrestling fan, you actually have seen it. I mean, you you know, and guys, I hate to do this to you. But I have got to, I've got, we've got to do a voiceover on this EPW wrestling. Both of these guys said, you got Joey over here. You got to look him up. Joey weighs 480 pounds. He's breaking my chair. Guys, I hate to go, but I got to do this. I got, I'm going to have to go. They're both looking at me like they want to kill me. Can he, can but I've got to get I, long enough to do the, the, the work or what? Well, I, I, can you, can they asked me to ask you a question. Hold on. Joey, can you stop eating long enough for him to, to, to do the voiceover? <laughs> he just shook his head to roll his eyes. He said, "No way, right? It's gonna, mu- it's gonna multitask." He says, "No way. He says, no way. He can't do that." Uh, come on, come on. Yeah, don't even. T- I'm not even gonna give you my phone. Voice You're not gonna talk to my. Rinds. Exactly. <laughs> That's what he gets paid in pork rinds. <laughs> That's how they pay him. <laughs> Neil just hot, throws him in his mouth. Check. He gets pork rinds. <laughs> That's great. That's great. There. But guys, you know, it's been fun, but is there, you know, I love to do part two. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause we haven't really got to the point. We haven't got to a lot of it, but you know, I love to do part two. Oh, oh yeah. We need to do. Yeah. It. We barely scratched the surface of some of the stories. I know you could tell. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, I enjoyed it. I had fun, but you know, we got to do part two. Absolutely. And so Hollywood, Jimmy Blaylock, EPW, anywhere. Uh, got to check out some of the great clips on YouTube. We talked about EPW, your hilarious bits with Conan O'Brien. Just look them up on uh, anywhere online. Check them out. The the wonderful, talented, eh, kind, maybe. I, I don't know. what What's another word you'd use, Benny? You I, had some. I said exquisite. The guy's exquisite. exquisite. There you go. I'll, 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 I'll bend and give you that one. Hollywood, <laughs> thank you so much for your time tonight. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Jimmy, take you care. Guys take, you guys take care. Let's do part right. two soon. Absolutely. All right. You got it. Thanks, guys. Good night. I'll tell you what, Benny, you're, uh, you, were, uh, you were batting a 1,000 tonight. I don't know about that. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. He's a good he was guy. a lot of fun, but he, he certainly brought out the uh, you, you two really playing off each other like that. Yeah, he brought out the heel in me. I didn't think that was possible. Certainly, uh, certainly worth it. But no, I, I can't stress I'm gonna have to enough. Check my pocket, see if I have a roll of quarters now. Like, well, I guess I guess it's a good thing that we're in uh, different cities. You'd be you'd be sneaking up ahead from behind next time. Next time I get distraction, sneak attack, right? You know, I, you you we shared some clips when we were planning for the show, and I don't think 
I mean, all, all jokes aside uh, of the character, I, I I really recommend everybody out there checking out some of his stuff. His promos are incredible. He's genuinely hilarious. It, it's really good stuff, and we had a lot of fun with it. Hopefully, he'll behave himself a little better next time. You know, it's but it is like uh, he an old school heel manager. It, it's a lost art, and he's he's keeping it alive. So I appreciate that. I really is, and that's something that gets lost on it. And we talked about it what just 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 last week with uh, some of the timing, and um, I mean, you think about some of the big moments. You, you mentioned like uh, Buddy Rogers, and we talked about. Um, the biggest draw, the the biggest draw in wrestling for several years was the rock and roll against the rock and roll express against midnight express yeah, with Cornette. that, that, that feud doesn't happen without the heat that Jim Cornette drew or Absolutely not. some of the biggest moments in the AWA and the early WWF you picture Mr. Perfect and Andre the Giant, Rick Root. How many of those moments are as iconic as they are if the crowd didn't want to jump the barricade and watch Bobby Heenan get get his? I mean, right? You you, you just it's law. It's a lost art, and it's unfortunate because he's right. I've been to some shows. None of them around here. Virginia's got some great talent, but you, you see people at ringside. They're they're deer in the headlights. They. They don't know what to do They're Like I said last week when we talked about it or uh, the other day when we were on the show, I mean, um, that that, you know, they, they jump up on the apron and the ref has to turn his back for like two minutes because their timing is off. Uh, you know, the throwing, you know, the, the spots. I mean, how many times have you seen it with Jimmy Hart and the cane, Jim Cornette and the tennis racket where you, you distract the ref as you're throwing the item in the corner? And it's such a fluid motion. It's. It is. It's a lost art, and I'm glad that that there's some people out there that are still doing it. You know, uh, I, even I'm, even I'm, though they're. Go ahead. No, I'm having a flashback with Lou Albano and Crusher Verdu in the early '70s, and I mean, he had a nice haircut, Crusher Verdu, but I don't think I ever heard him say a word. There's no way a guy like that gets over today because I mean, Albano did spoke. I mean, he got he got him over literally, and then he, to the point where I think they had two sellouts at the garden against Bruno and that doesn't happen without Lou Albano. And some of these guys now who are not the most gifted with promos, they're kind of just, you know, they left to die on the vine because they don't, they don't have a manager to give them that little extra oomph. Yeah. Sad day. Yeah. And, and there are, I mean, how many times have we seen it where there's wrestlers in the last, just go back 10, 15, maybe 20 years these phenomenal talents, they had the look, they had the in-ring ability, but they you, you couldn't pair them with a mouthpiece. And I look at people like I think back to someone like uh, on the WWE side, someone like like a young Shelton Benjamin when he first broke out in the early aughts and, and you know, Triple H and Jericho and Michaels and some of the moments he was having, the gold standard they called him. If he had been able to have a mouthpiece instead of coming to the ring with his mom attached to an oxygen machine in one of those mobile scooters, you know, it, it, you give him you give him that look. Brock Lesnar, when he first broke onto the scene, he doesn't go to the stratosphere without Paul Heyman talking for him. Well, how about somebody like Asuka, you know, woman wrestler like that yeah. woman is a is a wrestling machine. She's phenomenal, in my opinion. But, you know, 
obviously has a language barrier, but you know, bring in bring in somebody from the past. I don't know, like right. anybody, you know, maybe Trish Stratus or Lita, anybody, and have them be their her manager. And now, now you got a whole different element. Yeah. No, you're you're right. I mean, even I look at something um, of one of the better examples, and it's kind of a it comes up a lot when they talk about pushing the wrong people. Was Miro AW when he was Rusev in the WWE? They had a run they called Rusev Day. Him and Lana slowly transitioning into faces. They had Aiden English as a mouthpiece, right? And it was the it was number one merch seller like. They were actually stories about Rusev Day shirts being sold out. Like WWE physically couldn't produce them fast enough, and the crowd was hot. It was, he was he was the most over thing they had, and it all stemmed from the the repu- the even though he was a face. Well, he was over. I should say he slowly transitioned into being a face, but it was it was the reputation the connection his manager had with the crowd. And then he kind of became the hero of that. And you see it when there's moments where it's like, why? I mean, granted, it doesn't have to be go back and watch some early Royal Rumbles where the managers were allowed to stay at ringside until their guys were eliminated. And, you know, Bobby Heenan and and Jimmy Hart, some of these guys would come out three or four times. And there was points in the match where there's six or seven managers at ringside. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be that level of saturation, but. I think it's a lost art. Hopefully it's something Triple H will, will get back to because he did have some decent mouthpieces in, when he was running NXT. Yeah, it just it it could it couldn't do anything but help. I mean, I was just I just when you were talking about Rusev and Aiden English, I was thinking of uh the Miz and Damian Sandow as the Mizdow. And how yeah. how over did he get? Oh, insane. That's a great that's a great example. Great example. But I, I, I mean, I like it. I love it. And then, you know, you, you just have some of the, I mean, like I said, it's, it's out there. I mean, obviously I grew up in the era. I mean, I, I can't speak enough about Jim Cornette and what he did for, cause I've always been, that's always been my favorite thing in wrestling is tag teams, you know, tag team wrestling. So, I mean, you can't talk about tag without looking at some of the tag teams that had uh, Paul Ellering with the, with the road warriors. I mean, you had just some of the best moments were the management and that's, you know, that's dying art, but hopefully it comes back. Right. Yeah, Ce- celebrating absolutely. the storied past. Isn't that right? Ben? Yeah, that's what we do. So, uh, any closing thoughts as we wrap up tonight? No, I just, I really enjoyed Jimmy. He's a fun character. I, I do hope we get him back on. Well, like I said, hopefully you'll behave yourself next time. I'll try. I just like, I no guarantees, but I'll, I'll, I'll make the effort. For the BS Express himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spashian. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring. Good night.